Hey, what's up, people? This is episode 68 of the Option Podcast. We ain't doing no sponsors right now. Right now, I got the great, the great Kelly. How you, Bensky? Kalinsky. And the episode starts right now. Step into a world where there's no one left but the very best. No MC can test. Yes, yes, y'all. We don't stop. Kelly Kalinsky, what's good? You got Billy on your diagonal, don't you? You got you <laughs> yeah, got a big you got a too. big old Billy Bear on your diagonal. Tell him <laughs> let his hair grow a little bit, and then when we get tired of it, we can kick and cut it again. But that was oh, really I, I don't know yeah. if I'll tell him that. <laughs> no, you you just you just want to pet him, <laughs> right? He's like I'm not a cat. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but hey, uh, give him my shout out. Tell him I really love covering a beat. It was pretty cool. Him and Miles came in. I think Wendy Jones was there too. Like volleyball okay, power nice. mom was with us. Hey, so guys, welcome aboard. This is episode 68 this is the option podcast kelly kalinsky's in the house kelly we were on, on camera um or off camera and before we got on the podcast i guess i'm going to ask the same question on the air that i'm going to ask off the air is pepperdine in fact the cool kids school <laughs> absolutely <laughs> See, and only the only the cool kids go there think about all of the cool kids who graduated do, i mean do we need to do the run of the mill uh john mayer the nicest person you've ever met in your life not on the court mm -hmm. kelly in your life uh, um sean rooney what john mayer's roommate right um bob stavertley jeff stork i'm going way back marv dunphy dane blanton yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dane blanton right won a chip there did yeah. you did you win a chip with the, the women's team uh the sand team yes nice mm -hmm. Very in nice. 2012 2000, and 2014 in 2014 yeah oh my goodness that must have been so much fun so oh, yeah you probably were weighing your options post-graduation this is my guess I'm, I'm speaking chronologically here you were probably thinking should i play overseas in japan somewhere or the italian league or should i hit, try out this beach thing and then you won an avp title at a very very young age how old were you when you won oh that's a good question it was I should know this. It was in 2015, so I would have been 23. Yeah. Bill should, have, yo, Bill should be I having should these flashcards just to, to <laughs> save you from yourself, woman. <laughs> Do your job, man. Um, yeah, right? So you won with actually one of my, my favorite, favorite, um, my favorite encore player, on-court players as far as Killer Instinct is concerned and taking your lunch money, uh, Betsy Flint. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you ended up winning three all together with her, right? I'm actually, we won two together. Oh, you won two, and you won, th um, and you won with Emily, which, yes. which we're definitely going to get into. Yes. So, was that first win a moment where you were like, did did that make a lead decision for you, Kelly? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I didn't originally plan to play much beach after college. Um. So that was my first year, first season after graduating. Um, and I played in the AVPs and just to see what I could do. Um, and then I think after winning that um, 
championship in Cincinnati with Betsy, I think that's when I realized like, maybe I'll kind of stick with the sport and see where it takes me. Um, I kind of had my goals set on my career path, but I think that um, being successful early on kind of changed that for me. Definitely. Um, and were you an outside hitter indoor? Mm-hmm, I was. Yeah. Okay. I guess it makes the option fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> par par for the course, which happens to be the name of this podcast. Yeah. That was right. the other reason I wanted you on. I said I need some option ladies. You know, it's it seemed like a male dominated podcast. And as you can see, sixty eight episodes later, it's got legs of its own. It's not just volleyball people, but but um God, I love having volleyball people on because I feel like I'm back. I come, you you got to come back home. You know, my last yeah. episode, I had a sex podcaster, the guy from the Man Whore podcast. And sometimes sex is not a comfortable, <laughs> you know, it's not, I mean, and, and depending on how you talk about it, it's not always a comfortable topic. So, right. but um, super necessary because it's, yeah. it's sometimes you have these conversations where everybody's thinking it, but, you, but no one wants to say it. And, uh -huh. and sometimes you need two people to just get on and just say it and everyone can just go. Oh, <sighs> interesting. I feel whatever. So on that 50 from fifth from the 55th minute all the way to the end, that's when we started talking about relationships. We started talking about um, why people cheat. We were talking about just being upfront in relationships and what you you know what you want. What do you want? Because uh -huh. nobody wants to talk about what they want because they already know they're 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 going to the conversation scared that they already know their partner's answer to it. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, For sure. take these damn handcuffs off. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll answer it if you take these handcuffs off. Um, <laughs> she's like, where are we going with this, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think the point I was trying to make is I like diversity, and mm -hmm. you are my first female AVP champ. You know? All right. I was doing well, the. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, pleasure. It is my honor, my duty. And my privilege. How about that? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I we talked before um, you you did a call and when I was doing the beat for volleyball one on one. Um, I, I remember I was asking you like ice cream or cupcakes and all that, stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> like really fun stuff. Um, actually, I'm in the middle of this. Are you a swimming pool person or a beach person? Oh, beach. 100%. Okay. Did you tell Bill that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows that by now. <laughs> I asked Bill. Bill was like swimming pool. And I, and oh, I, yeah. I asked Miles and Miles was like, you know, Jason, how long have we known each other? Yeah, I know. Billy doesn't even, he really doesn't even like the beach that much. So I'm like, why are you, why did you choose beach volleyball? But, uh, oh yeah, I, I love the beach. I never get sick of it. All right. I'm, I'd like to ask you something that I, I think I've asked every single one, almost every single one of my guests once. And I hate to be repetitive to ask everyone the same question, but at the same time, it would be volleyball, volleyball malpractice if I didn't ask you this. Um, you're playing juniors, whatever. You're playing high school. Um, was there a particular tournament? Or was there a particular match that you left the, the tournament or the match and you told yourself, I think I could do this shit for real? I think I can like do this. Like in high school? Well, high school or college or profession uh, or, or I, I want you to think back with me um, growing, mm -hmm. uh, coming up in this sport where you where you were playing and and whether you were a volleyball head, whether you were infected with a virus, if you know what I mean, no, right where you got bit, no known cure. Yeah. Um, but you yourself as an individual didn't see where you fit in it and how good you can be in it. So my question to you, is there a particular tournament? Or is there, look how I said tournament. Um, is there a particular tournament or match that you left saying, this is, this is, 
this is what I want to do when I grow up? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would say probably in college winning, um, in 2012, um, the national championship, I would say that was kind of the kickstart for me in loving the beach game. Um, cause I grew up playing indoor and I never really played beach until, until college. Um, and we had a great coach and awesome team. Um, and we were, re- we were really successful. And, um, I think the beach game benefited, um, my skills as a volleyball player more than indoor did. And, um, yeah, I just felt like I improved at a really fast rate and it's, I just loved, um, being able to do like every skill, um, in beach. And I think, yeah, just playing that first season and winning that, um, first season at Pepperdine, I think that's what kind of, um, I don't know, got me a little more interested in the sport. And like I said, I actually never planned on playing after college um, until my first AVP season right after college, um, winning the championship in Cincinnati. So I, yeah, it's weird because I didn't really grow up thinking I'd be playing volleyball professionally. So, Who was your partner when you won the, um, the beach championships? Uh, Kelly Wolliver. Okay. And who did you beat? We beat um, in the finals. <laughs> Gosh, I gotta remember this. Uh, I think it was Long Beach State we played in the finals. Okay. Um, and then we played USC, I think, in the other finals in 2014. Yeah. I was Anna, Anna was. still the coach? I was. I'm curious. What's that? Anna, was she still the coach? I was because yes. she's someone else. She's. You want to talk about getting someone on my show, man? She. She is. She is my kind of coach. She's very, very Oh, yeah, she's, she's awesome. Very, I had her school, as a high-performance coach um, mm-hmm. when I was 22. We played in the U23 World Championships in Poland. Um, Betsy and I played together, and Anna was our coach. And I, I did really like her. She was really, really good coach to have. I learned a lot from her. No, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So... I, yeah, and again, Anna is definitely someone I want on on the show because she wears her heart on her sleeve and oh yeah, and um, I like her coaching style. I've been again, I'm from, I'm from the old school, and we have a lot of similarities on and off the court. You know, I also think the ability to not give a f is golden. It's pretty. It's, yes, it's if you if you are who you say you are, if you got that energy, uh-huh. it's 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 golden. And and I, I'm a kid from Brooklyn. I I recognize it right away. I, I mm-hmm. um, and and I appreciate that right away. So. You are, let's talk about the Olympics possibly coming up next year, if it happens mm-hmm. next year, or should we say when it happens next year. On the points, where are you right now? Actually, in fact, I think I have a heading. And tell You're going to tell me. I'm just going to pull it up. I think I have it right here. Tell me if this is outdated. I have something from March that I'm just going to put up right we there. Should, we're the fourth U.S. team. Okay. You got um, Alex in April, right? You got mm-hmm. um, Kerry Walsh had a huge head start, right? Because I guess when everyone else was playing AVP, she she did the smart thing. She's like, <laughs> you know, girls got to work. Uh, Sponsel <laughs> and Clays. And then there you are. 
I re- oh my goodness, I really love we got four teams in the top ten. You know, and and in a sport where the where I, where I was fearing that the rest of the beach volleyball world would catch up and pass us, I I had cause to pause. So I'm I'm gonna get that thing out of there. Whatever okay. that is. All right. Uh, you you cut out for a little bit, so I didn't know. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. So for me, I I'm I have caused a, I had caused to pause for a little bit because it seemed like the rest of the world was has caught up and in many ways passed us, certainly for the men. So it's really cool to look mm-hmm. at the top ten and see like four teams there, and all of you guys want to be in, and all of you guys have this great faith belief that you are the best team in the country like out yeah. of the four teams all four of you are convinced you, uh-huh. that, that you're the best team out there and i really really like that yeah um how important was winning seattle to you um yeah that was an awesome win for us um we'd been playing a lot internationally so we didn't get a ton we didn't get to play in a, all the AVPs, especially leading up to that one. So, um, yeah, it was a it was our first AVP win as a team, and um, yeah, it was super special. And there were a couple matches we came from behind, um, and I had some of my family and friends there to watch, and um, yeah, it was definitely um a special tournament and that was actually right after we had placed our best finish internationally we got a silver medal in poland um in warsaw so that was the weekend after that so it it was two weeks like back to back that were um that we played pretty consistently and um we had a lot of momentum and a good rhythm going so yeah it was an awesome win for us. We were stoked about it. Mm. Do you guys um, kind of freelance in, 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 in mid, how should I say in mid play? I'll give you an example. Let's say you're, you're throwing up a four block or whatever and this and that. Is there, is there some, is, are there some plays where you, um, I'll just say it like, like I said, are there some plays where you kind of like abandon the call because you have like a hot read and your partner just backs you up? Or, oh, or, or do yeah, you stay? absolutely. You know, because there's some teams they are like, nope, that's my call. I got to stay with it because I got to trust the person behind me. But there's all, there's also some teams where um, as a coach, I call it stunting, stunting, it. Uh-huh. you know, just stunting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it until that name becomes ingratiated in beach volleyball. And stunt. <laughs> you know, she's, like she stunted it. <laughs> yeah. No, our we uh, our coach is Evie Matthews, and he's really um, I feel like the type of coach he is he's a very situational he like teaches and um works with like situational plays um and so I feel like that's kind of how we play is you can't stick to a call if the if the set's going wide or if you can see the hitter's not getting your feet to it so you just got to play situationally because not every play is going to be set up exact or the team's not going to do exactly what you think they're going to do so you have to learn to adjust and yep yeah play situationally i'd say yeah and i and for me i would suggest to you that like there is power through repetition right you guys practice like that you play enough tournaments and sooner or later you have this um i don't like to use the word clairvoyancy because you know um clairvoyancy involves something that <laughs> No, clairvoyancy. That's <laughs> correct. <Okay. laughs> right? That, hey, which, do you know Claire? Huh? Do you know clairvoyancy? Do you know Claire? 
No. Okay. <laughs> I know Claire, okay? Uh, okay. <laughs> she ain't changed her last name. <laughs> um, actually, before we talk about changing last names, I actually, I actually have a clip of the final play, um, courtesy of, who is it? Michael Dojanowski. Oh, I know him. <laughs> so, oh yeah i remember that play there, so you've won many many tournaments in your life but at the same time i suspect that you recognize that some are bigger than others so as far as big moments are concerned was there a sense of relief when you won that or was it um to some players it's just anticlimactic because they still it, it feels um like surreal like you're in a dream and then it takes time to take it in and then later on you cry like a baby um so take me back to that moment this is only a year ago so, so i know um, right <laughs> um now i've been asking you from stuff like a decade ago and telling you yeah that, bam concentrate woman um yeah so did it feel surreal was there a level of excitement was there a level of relief or, or, and if there's a combination of all of that, talk to me. Um, I would say it was more excitement rather than relief. Um, I feel like there are some matches and some sets in that tournament where we were just battling and grinding and um, we were really playing together as a team and had really good communication between Emily and I and our coach Evie. Um, and so when we won that, I don't think I would say relief. I think we were just so excited because we've been working so we've been working so hard leading up into that season, and um, we didn't have the best uh, kind of first couple months of our season. Um, so we were still working hard, and we just I felt like at that moment just we're like, all right, this hard work is paying off, and um, yeah, just excitement. Isn't it the greatest feeling in the world? Yeah. You know? And I'm sure Evie, oh, Evie, Evie takes that same journey too. Like you, you, um, after a while, coaches become fans uh, of, of the people they're coaching and you, they just can't help it. It's an involuntary reflex. Okay. It's, um, a beach volleyball erection, if you will. It's, it's, um, <laughs> anyway, it's, they take the journey with you. So when it's over, I, they feel like they won too. You know, and I'm, I'm, I guess the coach and me speaking on that. So did you have a chance to talk to Evie about it or Matthews? Like afterwards? Yeah. Oh, I felt like it was just definitely a team win. I think it was all of us um, together. It wasn't like just Emily and I won and he was happy for us. Like he was completely a part of that win. So I just felt like it was a full team win for all three of us. Your fans take the journey with you too. I, I mean, mm -hmm. from from the beginning of the main draw, you have these ups and downs. You you know you're calling timeout. You working maybe working out of the contenders bracket. You're staying in the winners bracket. So, do you feel it's kind of a Hulk Hogan question? Do you feel do you draw energy from the fans? Oh, or, absolutely. Yeah. It's it was definitely even this year not having fans. Um, it was weird. However. I love having fans there and hearing people cheering and giving you that extra energy. Um, but also at the same time when I'm playing, I'm like so in the zone where sometimes I just everything like, yeah, just 
I, all I can focus on is the game and I don't always hear everything going on. Yeah. You got headphones. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously it, I, I love having like family, friends there, people I see in the crowd and know. And, um, but at the same time, I feel like I just get like super focused where I don't necessarily know what's going on <laughs> outside, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always awesome having fans there and family and friends and it makes, especially a win, it makes it that much better. Yeah, for me, when I played indoor in, in Germany, I, there are some days where I don't hear, I, I turn a mechanism on. It was like the movie with Kevin Costner for the love of the game, right? Um, he looks at a fan and the fan is like, you know, cursing and doing all that stuff. And he turns his mechanism on, looks back at the fan and he could see them, but he can't hear them. And huh, okay. there were some games I, I was kind of like that. And yeah, most I likely can... games where I'm the visiting team, um, which is uh -huh. which is not, a, not a, a real thing for beach volleyball because you feel like everywhere you go is a There's home no game. Home team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or they're all home teams, you know, uh, yeah. either one or the other, depending on how you feel. And then there's games where you like, you get a good block, or you get a good kill and then you hear the, the the roar and then whatever and i was and me i had to ask you that because as far as like sustaining their performance con is concerned some that's enough to carry someone through a match and sometimes it's a distraction to some people uh-huh you know yeah how, how um volleyball is a game of ups and downs beach volleyball is a game of ups and downs how do you hit the reset button on these disappointments like after, like in in a match or po like post match. Right. I'll give you a I'll give you a situation. You go to a tournament, maybe you're a top five seed, right? Second round you get eliminated, and then and then contenders bracket, boom, one off, gone. Um, maybe looking back Sunday night or whatever, looking back retro back retrospectively, um, is it something that you just shake off, or is it something that messes with you emotionally? I'm gonna get all personal before I, yeah, before I get yeah. personal. Yeah. <laughs> um. Our trainer that we work with, he has a good rule, and I feel like I've been trying to apply it on wins and losses. He says you have a 24-hour rule where after a win, like whether it's winning a championship, you have 24 hours to celebrate that, feel all the emotion, and then after 24 hours, like it's time to get back to work. Same with losing. Um, after a really tough loss, like you deal with it and – I don't know, express your emotions or however you do that. And then after 24 hours, it's back to work, um, back to like the next thing. So moving on. Um, so I like that kind of mindset and I've been trying to kind of incorporate that. Um, I like the 24 hour rule. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some teams uh, at the collegiate and high school level. I'm like, this is the loss yesterday, like maybe a picture or whatever. And I kind of just tear it in half and walk to the, walk to the, watch everybody watch me walk to the garbage mm -hmm. can and just like, you know, I'm like, are we good? And then everybody's like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get a little bit more acute. Let's talk about um, in game stuff. I'm not, and this one, I'm not going to talk about, we're not going to, I'm not asking you about winning and losing as much as I'm talking, as I'm going to talk about the pressure of the situation. Um, game three. 15 up, win by two. How much do you feel that? Or do you not feel that at all? Um, 
I feel like mentally I try to just take each point as its own. Um, and I try not to get ahead of myself and thinking like, okay, we have to get this point before we switch sides to go on the bad side. Um, but I mean, yeah, I definitely, there's times where you feel more pressure than others. Um, but I just, in between points, I, I really focus on breathing. Um, and just kind of giving myself confidence um, and being confident in my abilities um, and knowing that I can do anything I set my mind to and that I've played so much volleyball. And I think just having confidence in those moments is really important because once you lose that confidence, that, that can definitely show in your game. So I think, yeah, just taking a breath and taking – each point by point um, and being confident in your abilities will definitely help for each point. Got you. And that's, that's what you're talking about when I'm, uh, cause I give you the situation 15 up game three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. I think it's in a real world scenario. You definitely want to try to treat 15 up like it's one, one or two, two. And, mm -hmm. and, and like you said, the level of psychological training, whether you have a sports psychologist or whether you, you just, um, it, it happens organically, just just experience, right? Win, winning and losing, right? I, I mean, and I think I think it also depends on how the match is going. Obviously, too, like if I'm back serving fifteen fifteen, am I completely going for this serve, or am I making them play and trusting our defense? Like, how has the game? How have I how have I been doing the game, and what's working, what's not? Um, so I feel like it might be each point is played differently or a 15-15 match might be played different than another match, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I think it's kind of situational um, in how you and what obviously what strategy you're using in each match at those pressure moments. Do you um, have a hang up in those situations, an emotional hang up? What do you mean by that? Um, okay, okay, I'll give you an example. Mixed martial arts. There's a fighter named Uriah Hall that came to his coach at the time, who was Chael Sonnen, and says that he's done all his mental preparation, and he does this, and, and you do all of these things to get rid of this nervous energy, because some people think nervous energy makes you perform poorly, and then honestly, in my experience, the, people, the players that are nervous, to me, means they're ready. You know, personally, yeah. I, I might not want anyone, I might not want to coach anyone who's not nervous, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. And I'm going to go a little um, off the page, but I'm, I'm going to bring it back. But if you, if, so bear with me on this one. Yeah. Chael Sonnen told, um, at the same time he's narrating and he's talking to this person, they tell you that losing is not an option. I believe that's absolutely ridiculous. Losing is an option. Losing is the, the most readily available option all the time. So as a coach, you want to teach these players, and I'm only speaking from my perspective, but and I could definitely speak as a player perspective, but I got a player, so I'm, I'm going to wait on you on that. Yeah. Um, so it's like if you're one of these players that the score is tied and you and you you imagine a worst case scenario in your mind at that moment and, and it seems overwhelming, you just constantly remind these players two things. One, the, the other team's feeling it too. And two... Mm -hmm. It's not an unnatural feeling, you know, and, and, and I'm asking you because specifically as male athletes, we don't like to admit 
that a situation scares us. We don't like to admit that something's too much. In fact, we 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 go to a point where we repeat to ourselves in our mind, or sometimes even out loud, um, I live for this moment, I live for this moment. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You think you do, right? And some people, no, I mean, some people are, are, are saying that and they that's they remind themselves because they do. And then some people that say themselves and they fail over and over and over again. So us as coaches, we we just say, hey, next play. Or hey, this is this it's one up, let's go. Or, you know, they can go the other way, negative talk and have stuff creep up in their head. So you as a player, I'm gonna rephrase the question now that you understand how I'm asking you. Do you have a hang up? Um, I still don't understand what the hang up part means. Is the situation, does this, does the situation feel too big? Oh, um, um, not that I don't, I, not that I'm, I don't think so. Listen, that's the best answer. That is the most, <laughs> I'm not calling you a dishonest person, but that's the most honest thing you're, you're going to say in this entire podcast. You, I think you being oblivious to that, um, shows that it's, it doesn't bother you. And, and so in many ways, you saying, I don't know, does answer the question. Okay. <laughs> you know? I, hope so. I hope I answered that right. Yeah. And I hope I didn't plant some shit in your head the next time you play a tournament. <laughs> now I'm going to be Wait, thinking about it. <laughs> this is what Jason was talking about. Yeah, right? <laughs> Damn, I feel like I failed you. I did all of that and she still didn't know. Fail. All right. Now we're going to talk. Listen, let's talk about something that succeeded. All right. All right. The big man got on one knee, popped the question. You said yes. You said I do. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about her now husband, Bill Kalinsky. Let's do a little chronology thing. Where, where, um, look, I guess when you guys tour, you go on tournaments, you guys meet each other and you know each other. But where did you guys, um, where'd you guys meet? So we actually met on one of the volleyball vacation trips. Um, so the yeah, that's right. By the way, Chantel Crawford, she's, she's listening live. She says, oh, awesome. she Hi, says Kelly and Jason. And I was like, watch your mouth. I got a wife with the same yeah. name. <laughs> so go ahead. Uh, SOB. Um, yeah. So we met, um, in Ixtapa in 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 2016. Um, and it had been my first year. It was after my first year on the AVP and I didn't really know him. I knew who he was, but, um, I think that's, that trip was the first time we actually got to know each other and talked and, um, hung out a little bit. And then after that trip, um, I actually, I was living in San Diego at the time and he was in Redondo beach. And a week after that trip, I was planning on moving up to Redondo. Um, and I ended up moving like a few blocks down from him um so yeah he was kind enough to help me move in um and then we kind of just started hanging out and started dating pretty soon after that um and yeah and then he proposed to me during the chicago avp in 2019 on stadium court on amazon prime so i couldn't say no smart <laughs> Um, ooh, ooh, picture of you <laughs> said no. Oh, I never uh, talk about no, something was, a coach doesn't see coming. It's like, oh, she just said no. <laughs> it was actually before his match, um, but it was really special because both of our, a lot of our families were there. My whole dad's side of the family is from Chicago, so we usually have a big family reunion um, at the Chicago AVP, and then his family's from Wisconsin, so they it's not far from them. 
Um, so we had like all our family there and yeah. And then he proposed and I had, I would have never guessed that he would propose in a tournament because he's a very focused player. Um, and it was right before his match too. And I, I could not believe that he did that, but it was, it was a very special moment and, um, yeah. And then we got married literally right before the shutdown. It was March 7th and everything shut down that next <sighs> week. So Lord. we were very fortunate to get our wedding in um, without having to cancel it. So many weddings have been canceled. Such a bummer. But um, yeah, we were super lucky to have the date happen right before kind of everything shut down. Yeah, COVID was like, all right, guys, hurry up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you guys get a pass, but watch yourself. You know, like, <laughs> listen, COVID messed with a lot of things, okay? And my, my father passed away in late February. And um, um, sorry. my, well, my yeah. stepfather, but as far as I'm concerned, he's the one that's around, <laughs> right? Real father yeah. you never met, and you, you just say father, but right? So you, you feel me on that. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I didn't get a chance to bury him. So, and because uh. he, he died in Philly. And, and the same day, my best friend's mother died. She sent me a text and she's like, dude, not like it's a competition or anything. No <laughs> and way. it's one of those things you're laughing at the same time and you're trying not to cry, but you, you start cracking up un- oh uncontrollably because the way she said it, you know, because our lives were, you know how best friends, you always, there's always a friendly competition. And she's like, not that this is a competition, but my mom died. I'm like, how could oh, you wow. do that? <laughs> so you're setting up for the AVP. You're playing some FIVB. COVID happens. Tell me, tell our listeners where you were when um, things started shutting down, which includes volleyball. I'll give you, I'll give you an out and yeah. say volleyball. <laughs> so I got married March 7th. Um, and then the following weekend, I was heading to Australia for the first FIVB tournament of the year. So leading up to that, we were, Emily and I were going hard. We had a really good preseason. Um, we were stoked for our season because we were just, we felt like we were improving and at a high level in our game. Um, and um, there was actually some players that were already were in Australia, um, but the tournament got canceled like two or three days before the tournament um, started. And then it was just like a trickle down effect. Um, after that tournament was canceled due to COVID, then the next one, which was going to be in Mexico, was canceled, and the next one, the next one, then just every avalanche. tournament was yeah, canceled. Tournament avalanche. Yeah. Yep. So it was such a bummer. It was just, I mean, Emily and I were expecting to be pretty much gone for like the next five, six months, just playing in every international tournament, playing in the AVPs. Um, so yeah, definitely a change of plans um, with that. But um, yeah, so kind of completely changed our year round as it did with pretty much everyone. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. It was literally two days before the first tournament of the year. And then it just, everything got shut down. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I interviewed a lot of people like, like John Mayer, who's the head coach at LMU. Um, I was, I was the director of operations with him the, the previous year. And, um, 
he said they were getting on a plane and then, and then they said you know oh, like wow. WCC shut down so he's trying to like talk the whoever the officials are getting off the plane because it didn't there wasn't really a point and they're gonna play um Grand Canyon and he you know he negotiated getting his players off the plane because it was just oh my gosh there was, there's right there's really no point so um, I was yeah. lucky enough to talk to like people who were in each conference like Dane same kind of the same thing they were they were going to south carolina or something like that uh-huh. and he's like okay we're not going <laughs> so, yeah and dane i believe i believe usc won the um pack 2019 john won um be pepperdine actually um oh, okay. for the um wccs um which oh. i nicknamed the pepperdine invitational it was just one of those things where <laughs> everybody came there to watch pepperdine but john um John and I had other plans, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but me, I left the position because P1440 offered me the uh, commentating gig um, oh, okay. for them. You know, I auditioned in, um, I don't know if you remember this, FIVB Vegas. Yeah. Um, that was my audition. I actually brought my, oh, own, really? I, I brought my own equipment, you know, um, I, I had spun my own, I have my own sponsors because I don't pay, I don't pay for volleyball anymore. I just told myself when I moved to California, volleyball, you don't get no more of my money. Okay. Um, yeah. And then center court shut down and their their logistics shut down and everybody started gathering around the NY varsity sports handle. And um and it was your match. It was you and Emily Stockman against Bansley and uh, Wilkerson. Oh, is that it right? Was, okay. It was, I believe, a quarterfinals match. Yes, great, it was. Dude. Oh, great match. It was that my was. Uh, Look, I've been doing commentating for a while, but as far as like people getting to know me instead of just the guy with the Yankee hat who just points a camera at videos, everybody's like, dude, my, someone taps me on the shoulder. Hey, my friend's from Wisconsin. They said they love you. You're awesome. So oh, that's um, if you ever get a chance, actually, you might, you, um, it's on my, um, it's actually on YouTube too. Just put up your yeah, name or whatever. And you'll, you'll hear me just walking everybody through the match on what I think you're going to do next. I was, it was my, one of my best moments because I was, um, I had some good future seeing skills, <laughs> yeah. you know? but what a great match for people that wanted it really badly for oh, people, yeah. for people that are the best at what they do. I think you're one of the best blockers on the tour. We both know Wilkerson's one of the best blockers on the tour. She touches mm-hmm. her toes and then she touches the clouds, you know, yeah. Heather, great defender, uh, ferocious defenders, Emily Stockman. Similarly, I can, everything I could say about the Canadian team is exactly is exactly what I could say about the two of you guys. And, and everybody's like, who's going to win? And I'm just like, I don't have the first clue. And it's one of the few times I don't, I'm not, you know, cause I pick, I pick a winner and everyone gets upset. Oh, you're not supposed to pick a winner. You're supposed to support everybody. Go kick rocks. Come on. This game is fun. Right. And yeah, I'm, I'm, it is my job to say what people are thinking. All right. That's, Absolutely. that's how I roll. So you guys get married. Actually, that was an email question. When are we going to see some um, baby Kalinskis or some alpha babies? <laughs> some <laughs> ba- ba- right? You got two super athletes, good height, good oh, build. Yeah. You're, you're one half of two jacked girls. That's what I call you and um, <laughs> Emily Stockman. <laughs> two uh, jacked girls. Um, <laughs> right. Is that something you guys are thinking of down the line because your professional careers is something that has an area of concentration? Or, um... Yeah, probably not for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um just because, I mean, it. I mean, we're obviously going for this Olympics, and I'll probably be doing another quad after. Um, so the timing of when we'd want to have kids is a little tricky, um, but definitely not 
for at least a few years. Okay. Yeah. Nice. How close, um, as far as points are concerned, how close um, were you as, because you guys were completely concentrated on the international scene in the beginning of 2020. Was that because you did have an outside shot of qualifying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I, I got to look at the points again. <laughs> Dude, I got to, let me see if I could pull this back up. I just want to get a, um, appreciate and get a good look. Um, again, this is probably outdated and you can definitely make some of the corrections. Let me shrink it and do that. So you guys are over here. Oh, wow. That's very doable. Ch- guys, yeah. check out for the, my people who are watching the video version of this. Check out the USA flag. Check out 6,080. And then there's Sponsor and Clay, right? Clay's right there. And then there's 6,900 is Kerry. And of course, respectively, 1, one and 1A one with uh, or the Canadians and, um, and the Americans. And wow, reminding everybody who they are is Anna and Rebecca at, at the top spot. So mm-hmm. shout out to my homegirl, um, Tina Gradina. She, um, oh, yeah. she's, she's um, my she be- qualified, right? Yeah, my, she's my sure. mentor, my best, one of my closest friends, Aldous Lucis, played for UCLA. Um, he lives in Latvia and that's his goddaughter. He's, he's her godfather. Oh, okay. So there was, um, it's more of that volleyball small world stuff. So, yeah. and while you guys were having fun at Hawaii, she um, qualified at Tokyo. That's right. You know? That's and, awesome. And of course, Dane loses his best player on his pair one. Oh, brutal. <laughs> it is. Let's talk about beach volleyball becoming an NCAA sport. Isn't it cool? We just I'm on I'm in a, I'm in a podcast and I'm talking about nothing but volleyball for like the first time in like ten episodes. <laughs> you know? I tried to drive us off the cliff, but you're a good I'm sorry, you're a good shotgun. You're not gonna yep. let me. <laughs> She's like, nice try, Jay. Nice try. <laughs> Keep it about the sport. <laughs> um Yeah, um, okay. It becomes an NCAA sport two thousand fifteen, maybe two thousand sixteen. Actually, we can name the four champions so and count count back from there. UC, USC, USC, UCLA, UCLA. Those that's when it became an NCAA sport. Those are your four champs. Um, and then from that point, I noticed all of the club sizes have tripled. Mm. You know, I'm with Deron Forbes. I'm in the summer, and we're like the only club that stayed the same. We okay. 22 girls because our emphasis was smaller our groups, more personal attention. And then there's some groups, they're big because they got the star coaches and you can market yourself, you know, yeah. partners and this and that. So my question is, did you see the residual difference in the tournaments and using, maybe I can help you answer the question, using like Maple and Craft, like in um, Hermosa Beach. I don't know if you were there. They finished, fi- uh, I think, fifth. Um, the Norse okay. Twins, you know, Audrey mm-hmm. and, 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 and what have you. Um, Chrissy Jones. You know, mm-hmm. play for Todd Rogers at Cal Poly, still very young and this and that. All of these people turned into a bunch of Kerry Larsons. Kelly Larson, uh, Kelly, sorry, first of all, not Kerry. Second of all, not Larson. Kelly Kalinskis. All of them, oh, turn, all of them turned into a bunch of Kelly Kalinskis in a sense that they have early success, if not dominant. So do you see the correlation of, of beach volleyball becoming an NCAA sport? Oh, um, yeah. It's, to, and the trickle I mean, effect, at the trickle up effect. A, yeah, it's at a junior level. It's like, it's crazy. Like when I was in high school, no one, I mean, it's just grown so much. Like I don't, I can't think of anyone who played beach volleyball like competitively. 
and now like high schools are having it. There's so many junior club teams um, all over the U.S. Um, and that's, yeah, increasing the competition in NCAA and then in turn bringing up the pro level too. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome how much this sport is growing um, at the juniors level. And, yeah, just the talent coming out of college now I feel like is so much higher than it used to be. Um and just, I mean, they're starting younger. They're specializing younger where most of the, I'd say most of the pros, the beach pros now usually, I mean, they played indoor in college and played indoor in high school and eventually kind of made their way to the beach where now kids are starting at 10, 11 years old, like super young. Yeah, that decision. I mean, yeah. you know, they went from exclusively indoor to trying their hand in beach to balancing their time in the beach to just saying, mm-hmm to going exclusively to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big, big. Okay, well, I'm glad you guys, because there are a lot of players, and this doesn't apply to you, but there are a lot of players who are still trying to win a title. There are a lot of players who are still trying to make the main draw. And then you see this group of girls who have caught up and passed them, just like this windstorm. I have Mm -hmm. a friend of mine whose name I'm not going to mention. She said she's in the best shape she's ever been, right? And then she lost her first round match, like 21-15, 21-5. And oh. when I saw that, I'm like, man, she said she was in shape, <laughs> you know? Oh. So, <laughs> but then I was like, okay, who beat him? Chrissy Jones. <laughs> it's Chrissy Jones and oh. Muno. It was Muno and Jones, okay? Oh, who okay. made the semifinals. Who mm-hmm. made it all the way to the Hermosa Beach semifinals and lost to, subsequently lost to Betsy and Emily Day. So I was wrong. I, I thought... I was wrong about her being wrong. She she was yeah. in shape and she did play well. And I watched the video later. I'm like, she did play well. It was just wrong place, wrong time, man. Chrissy Jones, yeah. when she's on a mission, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, when she is on a mission, she's on a mission. Uh-huh. It's 2019 special year for you in, in, in regards to, I guess, just, I guess just being engaged, winning your first title. Uh, oh, yeah. Having a partner sure. where you, uh, I assume you don't have to deal with your partner, that which is... You know, I don't think um, that may be a question that either you've never had to deal with or you just don't want to answer. Um, dealing with not having to deal with your partners is is golden, you know, and, and you, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess um, if you can't speak for yourself on that, you could definitely see other people where they have to deal with their partner. I guess particularly. Sure. The, oh, yeah, particularly I've been so lucky. I played with I played with Betsy Flint mm-hmm. um, for three years and she was an awesome partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some success too. And, um, and then with Emily too, it's, I've been so lucky to, I've actually only played with two people, um, professionally. Um, so it's been nice not having to switch around partners constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been super lucky with the partners I've had and, um, yeah, I've had two great partnerships and I'm super thankful for both of them. And, um, they're great people on and off the court. And it's been so easy, especially in beach volleyball. Like you're traveling with your partner, you're staying in the same hotel room, you're training, you're going to the gym together. So you spend so much time together um, that I feel like it's such a, it, it, at least to me, it's so important to at least get along and um, to enjoy the other person. Cause otherwise that's a long, 
long season if you don't. So I've been lucky enough to like, have great partners. You're like, what the hell's wrong with this watch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still 10.05. Right. <sighs> <laughs> I, th I also think dealing with your partner helps improve chemistry. I I'll give you an example, all right? This might be uncomfortable, but I'm going to say it anyway. Many would consider Emily Day a better player than you. Many would consider Betsy Flint a better player than Emily Stockman. But at the same time, those same people that and the, and the same breath would consider the two of you a better team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm talking about debatable subjects. And if it's uncomfortable, yeah. whatever. It is what it is. I'm not talking about my opinion. My opinion is my own. Um, and for my own, my personal opinion, it's one of you are better than the other and the other one's not, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say who I'm not. I'm going to let you have a little fun with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but um, do you agree? Chemistry, chemistry is important. They just make, they just make better teams. They just make oh, better teams. Sure. And, and whether people like it or not, it's not an individual sport. It's, it's, it's yeah. two people's a team. It really is like, yeah, the chemistry you have with your teammate could, you could be a better team than two players that are better than you individually. Like it's so much of a partnership when there's just two of you and um, yeah, the communication, being on the same page, um, having the same goals, like all of that is super important to having a successful team, I think. So I think that, yeah, that's huge. Give me, give me two places that you really enjoy traveling to. All right. First one yeah. on your, first one on your mind. Boom. Go. Stad, Switzerland. Most beautiful place. I'm pretty much every person ends up saying that I'm sure. Um, Sarah, I think Sarah said the same thing too. It is. Yeah. It's like you're playing in a, it looks like a painting, like where you're in the Swiss Alps and it's just green mountains you're surrounded by. So it's just a different landscape than you're used to in playing beach volleyball. And um, it's just breathtaking. And the town is so cute. The people there are awesome. The food's amazing. Just everything's great. That'd be my number one for sure. Number two would probably be... Well, I'd say for AVPs, my favorite place is Chicago. Um, I, it's like a party, right? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the, the crowd there is amazing. It's such a cool atmosphere there. I love the backdrop. I love the, just the city of Chicago. Um, I usually have a bunch of family there. Um, the deep dish pizza, obviously. Um, I'm dying over here, Kelly. Yeah, right. I'm dying. I'm, I'm an, as a New Yorker, I'm dying over here. Please. Oh, yeah. You're more of a New York style. That's how I was born and raised. I, there is no bastion of hope here. I'll, I'll actually oh, tell man. you in a minute, but I want you to finish because I'm I'm talking more than you. That's 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 crazy for this podcast. But go ahead. So you, <laughs> you yeah, said um, I would Chicago. say Chicago. Chicago would be my favorite AVP stop. Okay. Yeah. Well. Before I talk about pizza, <laughs> my favorite stop is New York. Um, I like that one too. Because um, I'm born and raised there, Brooklyn. And from, from all, most of my life, I live, I live in this city. I lived in Harlem for 10 years and then eventually bought a place on the Upper West Side, um, which is, which in New York you, is a must. You shouldn't, if you're going to live in, this, in the city, in Manhattan, you have to rent, you have to buy. You can't rent. It's just, huh. don't, you know, you just throwing your money away. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it particularly last year because when I moved here to California, I had some I had some particular goals. I wanted to coach a player 
that was an AVP champ or will be, that was Rafu. I wanted okay. to coach a team into the main draw that's never been in the main draw. That was uh, Earl Schultz and Jake Arudia, mm. you know, Big Pearl, mm -hmm. the big fellow. Yep. By the way, when you want to talk about nice people. Everyone says that about you, but everyone, I think if you knew nothing about him and had to guess, you'd be, you'd be right as far as the kind of person you think he is. Everything you yeah. think about him, you're right. He yeah. is a sweetheart. And, oh, there, yeah. and there was definitely sure. some emotion when he qualified in Hermosa Beach, which, um, oh, I bet. which by the way, was my birthday. So it was just a great, it was, oh, it was a great that. all around. Neither team, Jake Arudia um, and um, Earl qualified. Kyle Friend and um, Duncan Buttinger came in as the qualifier with the one seed. And when they got ousted, I was like, guys, you are not going to have a better opportunity. They were in our bracket, right? And I'm like, guys, oh, wow. boy, sometimes you just, you you know, if someone gives you a bone that I don't give a damn if you think it tastes good or not, eat and it. I'm just lined up. <laughs> eat it. And I was right. Look, the yeah. next qualifier in Chicago, they had to play John Hyden and Theo Brunner oh, in the last brutal. round. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and then Huntington, they had to play Diaz and, um, I think Diaz and Gonzalez, the team from Cuba, who is uh, uh, very good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have yeah you, did you travel to Cuba? Those are brutal. Yeah, it's the gladiator pits. Yeah. It's, it's the gladiator pits. And I'm, I think my popularity came from me just going there because there are these matches that will never be, if I don't tape them, you're not going to see them. Right, you know? right. I'll give you an example. It was 2016, Rafa Rodriguez and Kevin McCulloch against Kame Shulk and Reed Pretty. Mm. Qualifier match. Um, Derek Olson and Paul Lottman against Eric Baranek and Matt Proser. Yeah, wow. Qualifier match. Basically, all of Billy, Kalin Billy Kalinske's matches on Manhattan Beach. Um, I ended up following him because I was I coached three teams that he had to go against. I coached Rob, oh, did you? Rob McLean and Rob DiAurora. Which, okay. um, and I told Rob, I'm like, look, I know how to beat them the uh, one for one set, but when they figure it out, we got to figure it out, you know? And they're like, and uh -huh. it, I, people heard me, oh, this guy thinks he's going to beat him the first set. And I did, we beat him the first set, 21 17. But Billy's really good at cracking the code. They cracked the code, yeah. they won the next two. And then they beat eight, Jake and Earl again, mm -hmm. you know, another round. And then the first round, they had to play Rafa and, and um, Ed Ratliff. So Eric oh, Baran, it's like, yeah. I, don't, I love you, Jason, but I don't ever want to see you again. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you stay out of my life. <laughs> so, in fact, I went to the tent in that one. Oh, <laughs> I, did you? Yeah. I can't sit in the box. Well, Rafa, uh -huh. and, and I, I can't. I can't sit in the box with those two. So yeah. you said Switzerland. You said domestically Chicago. Very, very good choices. I am so jealous of you because, or envious because I was, when I went to Switzerland, I was in the army and we didn't really have time to stop and enjoy it. We were mm -hmm. on a train and, and you see the Alps, you see the mountains. And I'm like, can we just stop the train? And they're like, <laughs> they're like, son, we're on a mission. <laughs> son, we're on a mission that you're not allowed to talk about. So no, we're not stopping. So, But my favorite place um, overseas was, I went to Barcelona for the Olympics. Oh, very and, cool. I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, and I'm and I'm a night owl, so you know a lot of the clubs they you you know, they don't kick you out at two. They go all night till like eleven in That's the morning. That's what I've heard. They you know, they kick you out at eleven in the morning. It's like breakfast. <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next day. <laughs> so who's the team that you look forward to going against the most? Two jacked girls. Which which opponent jacks gets you jacked to play? First one that comes to mind. Look at you thinking. Look at you trying to think around it. What was the first team that you know, came to mind? I I always like playing any of the Brazilian teams. Um, 
there it's always a battle. Like I feel like every time we play, whether it's Agatha, Duda, Maria, and Carol, Anna, Patricia, Rebecca, mm-hmm. I feel like it's always a battle. Um, and it just goes back and forth. But I I always look forward to playing those teams. They're some of the best teams in the world, and um, it's always great playing. I mean, they're the Brazil Federation is stacked, so. Um, any Brazil team you come against is going to be pretty brutal. So I, I love playing against any Brazil teams. Actually, I'd like to plug in a match and we can talk about it a little bit. Um, because one, it, it was a while ago and I'm, and I think I'm testing your memory to its limits, but two, I think if I, if I just show it, it kind of brings back some things. Let's go to a uh, world series of beach volleyball, 2016. You're playing Larissa and Toledo mm. and, um, I just want to know if you even remember this. Like, I do. why you're upset. dichotomy of serving Kelly and Larson, regardless so, of where the pass goes, winds up on top. And of this is also a testament to how long you and Billy have known each other, have been with each other. So I'm just taping shot. a couple of plays because I can't find it's a spe- the, the specific play that that is the inciting incident, which kind of shifted the momentum of the match. Number one. Okay, so for everybody listening Twenty to thirteen on the audio, I'm going to turn it off because <laughs> that's only fair. Look at you all <laughs> zoomed in. You're like, I like it. I know, I was trying to listen. Like, like, wait, wait, that's, that's what we're looking for. So basically what happened that's in this what we're looking match, for. Kelly, was it's game three. Point you guys, number two. I believe, traded side out for 7-7. Seven, seven. And... Um, for some reason, and they got it. They they got the score wrong, and they got an extra point. I could not believe it. That in the third set, and we kind of had some momentum. We should have been up on that side switch. Yeah, so and because the side were, switch was seven eight. They argued eight. with. They argued with the ref and said the score was different. And Betts and they're like, "What? That's not the right score." Oh, that was so brutal. I remember that. Yeah, it's too bad because I was trying to zoom in on the part where you guys were kind of like. Hey, you know, hey, <laughs> knock it yeah. off. There it is. Actually, I think I got it. I'm going to try it one more time. Bear yeah. with me. Talisa, there's the switch. I'm saying I there's a switch. I would have rather switch at 6-4, but just the same. It's 5 up. Oh, 5 up. All right, let's zoom It might have been head. a later switch. Yeah. But an escorting Next it out switch. of bounds is Etsy Flint. Yeah, it's another switch. It's the 7-8 switch. Yes. Size up a set 7-7. Seven, seven. It was supposed to be 7-7. Seven, seven. score is 7-7. Seven, seven, seven. And they're doing an early I switch. I think it's a switch. No, 7-7. Seven, seven. And you can hear Bill Kalinsky behind me. 8-7, No, it's 7-7. That's not right. 7-7. We're going to talk about it. What's, what's there to talk about? <laughs> I've been right. Oh, that was so annoying. Oh, Let's get so to the bottom off. of it. What comes after six, you dorks? As I was saying, <laughs> okay, I gotta turn it off. I'm busting people out now. Did you hear that? I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, what's there to talk about? What comes after six, you dorks? Yeah. <laughs> they were so adamant on that too. That the Brazilians were that that was the right score, and it was not. Oh gosh. Well, t- I got two things brutal. from that. Just looking back retrospectively, because if I'm if I have to talk about it in the moment, you'll never get to talking again the rest of the podcast. So I'll consolidate it to two things. One, um, they screwed up on on center court where it's in broad daylight, right? Of all the things you can mess up, whether a ball's out and in, whether there's a replay challenge or all this logistical shit. Do you have you know line judges this and that? 
the easiest GED <laughs> diploma thing to take care of is the score. The easiest yeah. thing to remember is the score. And anyone that's watched the game or, or ref the game long enough and, and understands the rhythm and how referees don't interrupt the rhythm of the game would know that it was basically um, 13 straight side outs. Yeah. It was all side outs. No one scored a real point. Uh -huh. And the second thing I got from it, and this you're gonna, this one you're gonna love, was Billy your man back then? This was 2016. Was Billy your yes. man back then? Because did you yes, hear? He you heard me, but you also heard someone else. Oh, who I was heard it? him. Say it with me. Who was it? That was him. That was Billy Plumsky. <laughs> <laughs> so those are examples of things i was talking about things that change momentum how it affects you do you still play it like one up do you do you understand what i was getting at before like a uh -huh. little bit okay. like certain there are certain things that it it motivates you because i think two plays later you got to you got to ace on the block and when you got the ace on the block i thought it was you just trying to get your momentum back and i thought you did you guys did all the right thing to get your momentum back but they, they eventually sweated out in one by two mm -hmm. which sucked but um just an example of like how i don't know someone decides the game for you it sucks <laughs> oh gosh i know <laughs> yeah i'm so glad you can still smile you're just you're and bill married the <laughs> it's taking right, me a while to get over that bill one. <laughs> married the right guy if i had bill on this podcast right now he's gonna be like this <laughs> that's true like this like a penny with a hole in it this my man is hopeless <laughs> is hopeless who's the best conditioned um athlete you played with is it kelly but, is it um emily Yes. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Um, we, uh, our, our trainer that we have, Mikhail Jenkins, um, he, we've been working with him for the last two years, year and a half to two years. And, um, he just pushes us beyond our limits and, um, he's an incredible trainer and mentor to both of us. And, uh, yeah, he kicks our butt every time we go there. It's, it's brutal, but I think he's made us the most conditioned team out there. Um, and he's just given us so much confidence through what he's put us through um, in workouts where we just feel super confident in ourselves and our abilities. And um, yeah, so super thankful to have him on our side. Are you a vegetarian or vegan? No. Okay, cool. I am... Um... I like to talk about diet tips all the time in this and that. Uh -huh. um, you don't know me long enough. Um, when I got out of the military, I blew up to 265 pounds, right? Uh -huh. Then I got married, me and my wife split. And then instead of just making it crush me, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I was in the army. I wanna go back to school. You know, I think I wanna do this. And I think, you know what? These, yeah. the, all this weight is killing my knees as an indoor player too. Oh, and sure. I lost 60 pounds i took a year wow. and i lost 60 pounds and the way i did it kelly was i was eating f um, five times a day smaller portions as opposed to twice a day no breakfast huh. just that simple thing i knew how to work out if you're if you're an army guy and you went to airborne school or ranger school this or that you know how to run, work out you know how to run stairs stairs the dunes don't really mean nothing to me you know mm -hmm. um is there um as far as like your diet and your, your nutrition is there just a food that you eat a, t uh, a time of the day, like I got it. I mean, okay, eleven o'clock. Gotta eat my bar. Gotta eat my balance bar. Or it's twelve o'clock salad. Some chicken. Is there? Is there? Is there? Um, I think it depends on the day. Obviously, with our training schedule. Um, 
So I think time-wise, it's not always exactly the same time, but it I feel like it's around similar times. Um, I would say I eat a lot through the day. Um, and I like to have kind of a high-protein diet, so I eat a lot of lean meat. Um, I have a high-veggie diet, so I eat a lot of greens. Um but yeah, I'd say my diet is mostly high protein, I would say. Yeah, it's um, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would say I eat pretty clean and pretty simple. Um, so, and I've been eating pretty much similar, similar type, a similar type diet for the last two years, ever since I've been working with the trainer I have. Um, he has a kind of, specific meal plan he likes um his athletes on so um i followed that and i again i think diet and nutrition is very individual and you kind of have to figure out what works best for you and i feel like i've figured out what works with me and um what i play best on um and how i perform at my best um so, yeah, I think that's helped me out in the last couple of years as well. Yeah, it's so important. Listen, and mm -hmm. you, you used to um, stumbled our audience onto something very important that it is in, in, in accordance or in conjunction with the individual. That's it, mm -hmm. so important, Kelly. Mm -hmm. um, boot camp, out of boot camp, I came out of basic training, 199 pounds. And they're like, dude, you're 6'1", so you, you know, your height, you should be 195. And... I'm wide shouldered. I'm wide hips. Yeah, I got wide hips. Kelly, right now, I'm 211 pounds. Do I look 211 pounds? <laughs> no, I don't. Right? Uh -uh. <laughs> look, we can go on. We can, uh -huh. Hey, hey, talk about people go out drinking. We could do some eating. Okay, <laughs> we, could, <laughs> we, we could have an eating competition. Um, so you, you, you're so right. And I'm so glad you mentioned like the high protein and you mentioned certain things that are supplement. Um, Emily, the same thing. Um, she eats pretty clean. Yeah, she eats really clean. Um, I would say she has a high protein diet too. Um, she says she gets bored with foods easily where for myself, I pretty much have the same dinner every night. Like I make the same dinner, the same lunch, the same breakfast. I pretty much eat the same thing every day. And it's very simple and easy and I actually still enjoy it. So um where she get she says she gets bored with food like eating the same thing so she has a little more variety um in her diet i think but yeah i'm pretty simple when it comes to nutrition and i yeah i eat pretty much the same thing every day <laughs> but i i like it and it works for me allow me to translate that from our audience sitting at home ladies and gentlemen listening for you to be in the best shape of your life you have to be bored with you have to be bored with your food. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah, it might have to be. <laughs> Look, when I lost the sixty pounds, special K in the morning, any kind of source of vitamin K, banana, um, or, or um, what have you, any kind of salad for lunch with protein, any kind of carb before I worked out, 
If I didn't mm -hmm. play volleyball, I was running. I was running. Uh, Riverbank State Park in New York has this beautiful track and field, night lights, football field. They have indoor volleyball courts. You want to talk about uh, great players, man? These, these guys from Dominican Republic uptown are like off the page. So for a year, that's all I did, like every day out of the week. And like you said, my, the, 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 I don't call it a diet. It's, it's, just a, it's just what you do. It's a way of life. I, don't, I mean, yeah. di diets for fat people. Sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> and... Emily has pretty much the same thing. Cool. My mm -hmm. boss wrote a book called Doctor, What Should I Eat? Which, which helped me. Foods that you can use as fat burners. Actually, foods you can use instead of supplements or medications. You want to lower your cholesterol? There's garlic or gar garlic or gar garlic mm -hmm. powder. You're yeah, looking for like a fat that. burner? Don't take a fat burner as a supplement. Um, we're Californians. What? Avocado is um, yeah. the top is the top number one on every every medical professional's top 10 fat burner um mm -hmm. dark chocolate is a fat burner um turkey legs pff, that's a fat burner who knew never mind cinnamon that's a fat burner so what in your diet that do you use but i mean protein again is, is repair what in your diet that, that you think you take helps you with your natural health and 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 your volleyball performance um, I would say I eat a ton of greens. Um, so I think that has a lot of nutrients. Um, I would say I eat more, um, carb heavy when I'm in competition, when I'm training, I eat higher protein. Um, but yeah, I don't, like I said, I eat the same thing. I literally eat the same thing every, pretty much every day. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel like I've stuck with it the last couple of years and it's, I feel like it's worked for me. I've, my body and recovery and everything has felt better than I've ever felt. Um, and so I know what I'm doing is working for me. What'd you have for lunch today? For lunch, I had a spinach salad with chicken, um, broccoli, avocado, and some brown rice. Great source of iron. Yeah. Guys, guys listening, cold spinach. Um, spinach uh, loses its, its nutritional value when you cook it. So um, a lot of it's nutritional value when you cook it. So science oh, people, that. that's, oh, I can drop a whole bunch of science. I can talk, <laughs> I can talk about carbs and, and everything. Again, I worked in a cardiology practice for 17 years. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Wow. It really shows I'm old, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, I'm 50. I don't know if you knew that. I'm 50 years old. So I didn't know that. Yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid, right? I don't look 50, right? I look like a, <laughs> not at all. I look like no. a unattractive 35 year old. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I, I have spinach salad in my house and occasionally, like you said, it's so boring. Maybe you mix some kale, like you buy like the mixed greens. Cause if uh -huh. you live in the South Bay, they're going to sell mixed greens with baby, with oh, baby yeah. spinach together. So I, yeah. I, I, I definitely do that. And I'm definitely a protein guy. I was, um, anemic. I don't know if that's a permanent thing, but I started, instead of taking iron pills, I got more red meat in my life and more spinach oh, okay. and the anemia went away. So, oh wow so okay. or you could take iron pills which the side effect it it like hardens up your poop it you oh. know it, uh, makes your makes your crap like really hard or whatever so because to me the, the, yeah well the real saying is like for every cure there's a bit of poison in every in every pill there's a bit of oh. poison in every cure i right? can see that you take lipitor for to lower your cholesterol you ever see the commercials 
side effects are. And they, and they try to talk about yeah. it as fast as they can. Side effects are, are you know, get up, get, I mean, they make you so fucking scared. Yeah, you know, you, Look, you see this commercial, Kelly, you're like, and, they, and the commercial says, Kelly, do you, do you go to sleep at night and get up in the morning? You're like, shit, I got that. <laughs> I, I got that disease. <laughs> I Bill, do. Bill, help. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay, the team st that's stylistically been a bad uh, matchup, a stylistic matchup nightmare for you. Matchup nightmare. Isn't that an awesome question to someone who, who yeah. knows she's the best? <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Well, one team that we haven't beaten um, is one of the Dutch teams, um, Madeline Meplink in Kaiser. Kaiser, yep. Um, and they play a pretty wide offense, a very aggressive. Uh, they have a really physical um, game. Um, great servers. But, uh, yeah, they're super physical players. And I think that's one team we haven't beaten that I would like to see again. And just kind of, um, right, just... Yes. <laughs> notch that on your wrist <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no I, I look i get paid to ask the tough questions and then these are i mean you're a competitor and in order to win it all you do have to eliminate things um things you see on the horizon so yeah for um, sure. cool well kel that's that's all i got i mean i, I right. kept you here as long as i could and <laughs> you <laughs> well, survived you, me. you survived me i did you make I me survived. you make me not want to ask you tough questions i just i'm like <laughs> I, she's too nice i can't do it you know oh, please. <laughs> if you listen to the last episode you'd be like oh dear I, if i listened to that i would have never came on today <laughs> i know i might listen to it now <laughs> yeah he um he's a again he was a he's a sex podcaster um the, um and he started this podcast because he kept no he couldn't keep a relationship there are girls that would date mm -hmm. him and just one off hey i want to be a friends with benefits it was like something that nine out of ten guys enjoy but sooner or later a guy wants a relationship right uh -huh. so he he started the podcast interviewing 14 girls that just gave you know gave him the one off and then yeah it had legs of its own now he's, he's interviewing sex therapists he's interviewing uh um, porn stars which like i said is an uncomfortable thing for some people on this and that but for me it was super necessary because if this podcast is to provoke thought using sports entertainment uh, current events and health and wellness um uh -huh. just like having you on the show would be pal it would be podcast malpractice for me for me if if i if that's who i am so yeah so sure. right i mean COVID sure. happened guess what i had i had a vaccine specialist on a month later kathy you, you know um i went um, my major in college my bfa is in acting for marymount manhattan college that, that other marymount i'm gonna have actors on the show i'm gonna have people who are suffering yeah, wide who, variety, are not, sounds yeah like. who are not performing because of COVID. you know so yeah um, Very cool. And I'm so glad I have you on the show. And I know, yeah, thanks I, for know having me. I know you're hungry right now. <laughs> I'm starving. It is six <laughs> o'clock in the evening and I got a little munchkin at the door waiting to give me some pizza. I got a four year old. Um, I'll, um, I'll actually text you a picture later. She looks yeah. like she looks like Aww. Queen Denari's when she was a baby. Like if you could picture oh, Game okay. of Thrones, like big blue eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and before I so go sweet. for the people listening at home, she has a look that men don't have that only women have but men know it when they see it 
when a woman is angry and she's grieving at the same time, the look is this. Like, I, I want to hit you, but I'm, but I'm crying. I'm about, I, but yeah, if I do, I think so I'm going to cry. And if you, for my men out there, if you see that, just if you can be somewhere else, good for you, be somewhere else. But she has that. Do you, I don't know if you remember Game of Thrones when um, Cersei tried to surrender and ring the bell and like surrender. And then like Daenerys is like, you know, you, you just lopped off my friend's head and it's like surrenders. And then, and then she went straight dragon lady, right? Dragon lady. Oh, yeah. She didn't go crazy. She went a dragon lady, went dragon lady. So, yeah. Um, but hey, let's finish with that. <laughs> um, I'm going to run. I'm going to run my run my thing, my um thing you know, my little promo thing at the end, but stay with yeah. me after. I just want to thank you personally. Okay. But for everybody else, for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad right now, for all of you, all of you on your dinner line with the <laughs> droid, for all of you with the desktop who runs the world, old school, old school, for Kelly Kalinsky. <laughs> this is episode <laughs> 68. I am Jason DeBeas, and I say, we're out.